clubhouse. Lord God, give us rain and a little luck and we'll do the rest. Amen. This is Sheila. This is Steph. And this is the Yellowstone podcast for Pod Clubhouse. This is episode 308. I killed a man today. Ooh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so what'd you think? This was a crazy episode. I I liked it. There was a, a couple of moments that I was like, oh my God, I did not see that coming. Agree. It was good. I liked it a lot. What did you think? You know, one of our mutual friends said that they took their foot off the gas for this mm-hmm. episode. Uh, so I'll agree with that statement in terms of like the action for the actual plot line. But I do feel that this was a it did move the needle a lot on how the characters have interacted with each other and how they're going to interact with each other going forward. So I feel that this was a pivotal episode for how the characters deal with each other. Yeah. Um, and, and specifically with like Casey and Monica, like their dynamic, I, I feel is going to have a big shift from the episode events. That's true. Also, how Jamie's interacting with his family post you know, the adoption revelation news. Yeah. So I feel that there's some there's some groundwork that needs to be laid in this episode to propel these characters forward sort of in this new reality that they find themselves in. So so in terms of like the actual plot line of the land grab that's going on, there was just a lot of stock trades that were going on yeah. this episode for me. Um, a- but uh, a lot of uh, technical jargon that's a little foreign, I think, to me. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the characters, like, I feel that this was a, a very deep episode. Well, and I feel like hearing John come out and say what he wanted to do, that propels us into the where we're going with the story. Like, you know, because we were unsure, like, would you sell? Would you stay? Yeah. yeah. It gives us, okay, so, now, now we know what we're doing. And it's not what we thought. <laughs> I know. I'm excited to talk about that today. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited. So I, I did think this was a really good episode for that, but I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I'm just nervous that there's only – this was eight, so there's two more episodes to go. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm sad that it's I like know. this far along already. I feel like we got here really fast. And then I'm like, but what actually has happened so far? Not a lot. Yeah. The, but there's just been a lot of deep earth movements in this season, I feel. So season four is going to be – like maybe that will be this is season three is the setup of all this changing in the characters, emotional buildup, and then season four is gonna be like a major explosion. I do not like what I've been reading on the Oh really? The Facebook group things about possible plot lines for season four. I don't I don't like them. So the two things that I don't like the worst, though don't like the most. <laughs> Don't like the worst. Don't like the worst. Don't like the yeah, – let's try that in English. <laughs> the, the two things that I read that I saw that I don't like the most out of everything that I've seen so far is that, Steph, I can't even say it. <laughs> say they, it. They kill off Rip. Yeah, that's not possible. Like, I think the show would just end because the fan base would just be like, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Okay, it's me too. I'm out the door. I'm taking my Rip t-shirt and I'm leaving. I saw that and I was like, yeah, not happening. And then the other thing that I saw, well, I think that was for season three. Like, that will be like the finale for season three. And I'm like, yeah, we're not reading that anymore. Yeah. And the thing that I saw for season four was that John's going to die. Again, this is all conjecture because mm-hmm. obviously yeah. nobody knows anything, but Given what happened in this episode, if that were to happen, that would be obviously very tragic for the story. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see how you have necessarily the storyline continue without him because he is such a pivotal part. But um, it would just be interesting in the context of what unraveled in this episode, how that would be played out. But I was yeah. like, mm, yeah, no, I'm not okay with John Dutton not being part of it, Yellowstone. So I don't think I saw that one yet, but I, yeah, yeah, I'm was, sure it'll it pop was, up on my feed tomorrow. It was so. there, and I was just like, all right, I'll 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 look. I'll, I'll take the bait. <laughs> and I was like, nope, don't like that. It is funny, like the commentary on those pages. Yeah, Pete. some of it, some of it gets a little far fetched. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, some of the other things are um, pretty entertaining. Yeah, I think so. Again, nothing that's happened so far in this season I saw as a prediction out there, so I'm not putting a lot that's of stock. Except for well, the, G- the Jamie. I was say, speaking of our biggest bombshell of last episode was Jamie being adopted. That was on the fan page. And so I didn't believe it would be true, but I wasn't totally blindsided, I guess, because it had been a big point of discussion. So speaking of Jamie, like, how do you think that that rippled into this episode following that he just found out he's adopted? He had a conversation with his dad and then it was kind of not a big part of this episode. Yeah, he didn't have a big role to play, but he was there. Yeah. But he... He didn't have a big blow up reaction like no. to his siblings or to anyone else. It's almost like he just kept it quiet. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet how he's dealing with this. I wasn't sure how he was handling the post adoption revelation. I don't know how out there the news is. In terms of like what Casey his conversation with Casey, did you think that Casey knew about the adoption? Based on their conversation about Jamie saying like you know, I have a question to ask you, brother, if I'm still allowed to call you that. Casey had like the nicest reaction. Like yeah. Casey is truly the one who who's never given Jamie any kind of flack, I feel. Right. And he said, you know, you better never call me anything else to the day you die. Does he right. know? So, Do you think yeah, he knows? I mean, that seems to indicate that he knows. Or he and- just doesn't care because he knows that Beth is out there on her own campaign against Jamie. <laughs> yeah. I think it indicated that he knew, or not knew, like previously, but heard since it happened. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, yeah. I think that John and Evelyn kept that adoption under wraps because I don't think anybody else knew. No. Because I, uh, so. I feel like Jamie would have found out along the way. But I'm just wondering in this post-revelation world, does, does Beth find out? I would be interested to know how her reaction would be. Because I don't think that she would let him sit comfortably. <laughs> at the table anymore yeah she barely lets him set the table now yeah um yeah but- i don't know no, well we didn't see them interact at all so no. you would assume that she doesn't know yet but john seems to tell her everything so maybe he did i, I think she, i think she'll find out eventually i don't know if she knows right now or if she knows she doesn't give a crap right now because she's dealing <laughs> with obviously a lot bigger fish to fry right now yeah she seemed she seemed a little stressed out this time a little bit stressed yep yeah. But back to Jamie, I do have a question. What do you think his position is on the land deal? Because he seems to be flip-flopping. So like in the prior meeting with Market Equities, he was very dismissive of their intent to build in the valley yeah. that it would cause the home values to, to spike. And he didn't think that the jobs would be high paying or locally sourced. Yeah. And now he's firmly in the sell column. Yeah, I think he was before doing what his dad told him to do because he said, I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to do what you want. Like, I'm going to be the man you want me to be. Like, he was appointed into that position and basically said, I'm going to do what you want me to do. So I think he was on that side. And then I think when he 
heard an actual number and realized it would just financially not make sense for them to keep the land. You know, I think he's on the side of let's sell it. Do you think he's using this as an opportunity to cut and run, like get his cut and run? I don't know where else he would go. Like, what's he, who else does he have? You know, I don't know. Um, I just feel that he's, he's looking a little too normal when he was sitting with Casey in the office. Right. I just feel that mm -hmm. he's not tethered just yet. Like, I just don't think that he's dealing with the information that he just found out very well, because Mm -hmm. the only allusion to that was when he was talking to Casey. Like, if I get to still call you that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just feel that there's a very weird sense coming from him right now. He's he's not looking very comfortable in what he's doing. He's, you know, he's pulled the warranty deed. He's he's definitely yeah. getting all of the ducks in a row. I just think that $125 million, if it's split four ways, it's pretty enticing. Yeah. So I'm not I sure. Think, I'm I mean, not sure. There's, there's, there's something else going on with him. There's like this upheaval that he's just not dealing with well, I think. Yeah, he kind of wouldn't be too far off to do that. You know, his family isn't exactly accepting and loving of him. So yeah, Casey's really the only one who's ever given him sort of the time of day. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's just... he just kind of doesn't have a place on the ranch either. You know, like even if he wasn't, he's always in a suit, like in an office. So like, yeah, he's, it's almost he like he stick out. just yeah. doesn't fit. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be a very huh. interesting position to to see how this develops. But I just have like my eye out. Like, is he just looking to get the money and run? Maybe. Yeah. I just find it interesting, too, that he needs Casey to be the broker, where Casey has always like kept like such an arm's length to all of the stuff, all mm-hmm. the business dealings of the operations of the ranch. And he's just like, no, almost like he's allergic to it. So. The fact that <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want part of any part of it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but Jamie's very smart in his tactical use of Casey to say that you know Beth has poisoned me to to Dad, and I need you to to bring this to him. So that's all I had on Jamie. Yeah, I think if Jamie had gone to John with that sort of offer and that information, like I, I feel like John would have been angry with him for suggesting it. You know, I agree. Like, I, I don't think that that would have gone well at all like jamie's smart to know that beth has to be the one to bring this to john i agree i think he did that correctly like just saying i i can't be the one to tell him this he's not going to listen to me like i think he was right in that assumption because i definitely see that conversation going poorly casey's reading the room right too and saying that well you know we need to have it in uh, in writing because beth isn't going to believe anything unless it's in writing even if it's me saying it yeah so i think they're both reading beth and john very well and I, I, I feel like this is them saying how similar Beth and John are and that they need to sort of work together in order to move things forward. So I, I feel like this was a very deliberate act on Jamie's part to create alliances. He's yeah. trying to undo the poison and he's using Casey as as the broker here. So uh, I think this was very well done on Jamie's part um, for someone who had such a bombshell dropped on him what seems to be just like days ago um, yeah. that he's, he seems to be figuring things out and I just don't know who else's interest he has here. Yeah. That's, that's my skeptical part just always coming out. So <laughs> I always tend to believe the like, Oh, I'm sure he's just being honest and <laughs> forthcoming. I don't know. I still have the, um, <laughs> the image of him choking the reporter from last season in my head. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. You know, these little images come flashing back. I'm like, does he always, o- oh, he always operates with his own self-interest. Yeah. 
I know we're going to uh, chat about Beth in a minute, but yeah. does it annoy you a little bit that she always knows what everybody else is doing? Because as soon as Casey walked in, she was like, what did Jamie tell you to, t- to tell me? I'm like, seriously? No. Like, she, what I, an annoying sister. Like, oh, my god. Absolutely. She was like, wait, what do you have? That- no, wait, what did Jamie give you? Uh, it, it just like as a like, sibling, I was like, that just annoyed me. Like, come on. But if you think just, about it, like, when was the last time Casey probably came to exactly. her office ever for anything? She's so smart. Like, she just knows what everybody else is doing. Yeah, but she is, like, a busybody that way. I will give you that. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's like John in that they have the ability to see a, the big picture and, and anticipate what other people are going to do. John just seems, like, more contemplative about it. She seems more, like, she's plotting and, yeah. like, trying to be the step ahead, but... Yeah, I mean, she just knew, and it was almost, I don't know why it frustrated me or, like, annoyed me, but I was like, ah, oh, how does she know? How does she know everything? Yeah, I, I do feel that, and it's just like, okay, and that's, I think, where I'm drawing the parallels between, like, Casey and Jamie are a little bit more similar. They, they prefer to be a little bit more hands-off. Yeah. Whereas Beth and John seem to be very much cut from the same cloth, that they need to be the ones to be convinced of X, Y, and Z, and we need to go through Beth to get to him. So I feel like because the two of them are very plotting, Beth and John, and the chess mindset that they have, that they have to be three steps ahead in terms of thinking about what everyone is doing. So yeah, in that aspect, I'm just like, John does it better because she just comes off as just smug about it and it is annoying. Yeah. So I'm with you. It is. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. It's like the uh, John 2.0 and she's not quite living up to it. That's all right. So want to move on to Casey? Yeah. I I feel like we're going to like move the needle up the hill here until we get to like the the top of the crest and then we pick up speed on the way down. Because, dear God, the back end of this episode, I was just like, I, my heart can't take this. My heart just I can't. know. So uh. we'll start with the little nibbles here and work our way into the big stuff. So um, in terms of Casey, so the, the first time we see him this episode, he's driving to the office, to the, land, the Livestock Commissioner office, and he's just dumbfounded at all the horse trailers that are parked outside. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think that he was walking into? I thought it was bad. I thought it was like a bad news situation. And he was like, oh, shit, <laughs> what's happening? And I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, great. What now? Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be a really good thing. And then I was like, like maybe word that, you know, Schwartz and Myers buying up half the valley and that market equities wants the other half got yeah. out and they're all there to complain about it. And I was pleasantly surprised that he got gratitude yeah. for the handling of the cattle thief from the last episode. And then Jamie's in the office to actually hear all of that. So I thought that was a great moment for Casey. I agree. Yeah, it's really, like you said, gratifying just to see appreciation because it seems like the Dentons probably don't get too much of that. (laughs) Agreed. And I just think that this was an opportunity for Casey to know that he's doing a good job, that he's making a difference and he's not doing it his dad's way. Yeah. I think that was a very important revelation for him. And it was very understated, but Jamie was quick to call it out. I thought it was really great the way that Jamie said it. He goes, you know, John had their respect and loyalty, but that, I don't even know what to call that. You know, it was, and he just had this look on his face like he was genuine. I feel like there was one emotion that Jamie had this episode that was genuine for Casey. Yeah, I was proud of him. Yeah. Yeah. That was Um, nice. So, yeah, I did think that was it. So in the conversation then with Casey and Jamie, so they're talking about 
very, very quickly about the shooting that happened with the cattle thief. So yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that that's why Casey thought Jamie was there. But Jamie yeah. was obviously there because he had ulterior motives. But do you think that Casey did overstep his authority with the shooting of the cattle thief? Or as Casey just swept it under the rug really quick, it was justified? I mean, it seemed completely justified. I mean, I'm not law law enforcement, so I don't know when you have the right to shoot someone. But when they have a gun pointed at you, I think it's okay to shoot back or first. And that's what happened, right? I mean, he went to the trailer to talk to that guy and immediately knew that something was up. So he pulled his gun out. But I mean, that's what they were doing, right? I mean, they went to go get the cattle thief. Right. They have the authority to arrest him, I guess, right? And they, the guy definitely shot first. I mean, that's yeah, so I mean, Casey had Ryan move away from the, the house, you know, point your chest to the house and got shot. Um, yeah. Thankfully, in the bullet. I think, fast. I mean, I think I took a gun safety class and it is like if they were on his property, but if someone's pointing a gun at you, I mean, you have the right to draw yours as well. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he did anything wrong. I'm just wondering if this is one of those opportunities, not opportunities, that's not the right word. If this is one of those instances where Jamie being the attorney general does create this conflict of interest because the offices are so intertwined because the Livestock Commission keeps getting into law enforcement trouble. Is this one of those conflict of interest scenarios? Because Jamie's like, well, my office isn't going to investigate it. Probably. I think... Everything in Montana is a conflict of interest with these Duttons. I mean, they're they're wrapped up in everything. So, yeah, I would say it is. But, I mean, the governor appointed Jamie, so I don't know. And maybe Casey that's, as well. Yeah, so maybe that's like, it's okay. I don't maybe know. She's, maybe she's okay with the two of them just figuring this stuff out and keeping her out of it. And I keeping guess. It, I guess and keeping it out of the newspapers, which apparently this failed miserably because they were back in the newspapers. <laughs> yeah. But there was no update on on Agent Steve. I'm oh, left wondering, yeah. you know, he was standing there bleeding and afraid to reach for his radio because he was dripping blood. I don't know. We'll have to yeah. see what happens with Agent Steve. I mean, he seems to have nine lives. He got out of <laughs> jail for whatever reason. So I, I don't know. Yeah, he, I'm sure he'll reappear in another episode just I'm in the background. Sure. Like, wait, he's alive? Like, okay. <laughs> uh. So when Jamie's pitching to Casey about the the land offer, I feel that this was a very rehearsed speech on Jamie's yeah. part. Did you you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Yeah, because it was just it was so neatly packaged. But for me, it felt like this was the first time Casey was hearing it. I guess in all its glory that they want the land, they want pasture and they he physically named pastures what 12 to 32. Yeah. And Casey was quick. He was quick on the draw to be like, that's 50,000 acres right there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I feel like th- you're right. I feel like that's the first time Casey heard the whole package, but I think it wasn't, it's not like a shock to him. He's heard the narrative. He kind of understands what's happening in the background, like his background. It's not priority for him. I mean, didn't he even say like, well, should we should sell it? Like, or what do we do? Is what do we do? Yeah. Was, and Jamie was like, well, we sell it. I mean. Jamie's been pointing out before that the ranch does not have enough money to just keep this going as is. So, I And mean. I think he's uniquely positioned to look at all that because Beth is sometimes there with some rose-colored glasses mm-hmm. about the ranch. But I just feel that Casey is in a unique position to fight Jamie because, you know, Casey would be technically the one running the ranch and he might have different ways to 
to run it. So I'm not sure where Casey's Mm. mind is either because he just, he didn't kind of flinch at half a billion dollars that Jamie delivered to him. (laughs) He was basically there as the broker again, I'm going to use that term, but because Jamie needed him to speak to John because he, Jamie's knowing that Beth is definitely in John's favor. So Mm -hmm. she's not going to let Jamie talk to him about anything that where John's going to believe it from Jamie. I I just, I was a little surprised that this seemed to be the first time that the Duttons have kind of, again, this is their dysfunction on display, but this was like the first time that Casey kind of heard it all laid out and fair play to him. Like he didn't really flinch too much at any of it. He just, he just knew that it was 50,000 acres that they were looking at. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I think it was last week, that you would think with such a big sort of opponent, they would have all sat down together and had some sort of meeting of the minds. Like I said, even with the governor or with Rainwater and Angela Blue Thunder, like all those people who are trying to sort of fight this when they have all come together and discussed it. So yeah, Casey is a little bit out of the loop with it, but yeah, he didn't seem totally surprised. I, yeah. I feel like he knew some of it. When he said half a billion dollars, I was like, what the? Like, oh my God. Yeah. When you put it like that, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to say no to a half why a billion would, dollars. Why would anybody say no to that? Why? Yeah. I mean. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> seven Logically, gen- Seven I generations not. be damned. Sorry, Duttons. Right. I mean, especially since there doesn't seem to be a forthcoming generation, except for one little boy. Right. Who's who's nine. (laughs) He's nine, and he's got his own host of demons right now to deal with. And he seems to be doing okay, because John, again, has him under his wing, bringing him out to the cow horse stables and and things like that. And I loved the the first scene with Monica and Casey, and she's talking about Mm -hmm. how John is, is doing everything. He's playing baseball with Tate and going for walks with Tate and he's camping with Tate and all the, all the things that he's doing with Tate. I just feel like this is John, the, the, like the, the revised John that we were were getting this contemplative, this looking towards the future, John, that, that we've been seeing this up this whole season, rather just, he's focused on Tate and he's, it might be guilt. It might be just love for the kid. And it might just be yeah. a reflection of his retirement. But he's definitely focused on all his attention on Tate. And I like well, it's it. it's like, I, yeah, I love any scene with John and Tate, just like I love any scene with Casey and Monica. I mean, it's like those two, I'm sorry, not couples, but yeah, those, those two, two pairings yeah. Yeah, are really just like so heartwarming to watch. And I, I do love any time that Tate is with John so sweet and tate's definitely showing so much more personality this Uh season you know he's definitely like coming into his own and i think it's it's intentional to show that he's recovering from what happened last step last season rather yeah and i think john's got a really big part to play in that so i i like the fact that they're doing that with him and just anytime like you said anytime that they have john together i love the little john witticisms that he gives the little adages yeah. that he's sharing with with Tate I think there's just a lot to them so, so I yeah think I wrote down the one he said what he told Tate about lies oh like lies the callus around your heart yeah, yeah. that's a good one I know I think a lot of people too. need to need to hear that <laughs> I agree yeah I wrote that down I was like oh sweet moments so also I really enjoyed watching Casey sort of have 
a truthful moment with Monica too. Yes. And I think that was like we, that is a big theme of sort of where they were in this episode, like telling the truth to each other and finally, finally being honest with what's going on. I really liked that scene after what happened with Monica. So let's talk about what happened with Monica because I did not see that coming. No, no, did Did not. you have, no, I did not have the sense of foreboding when she left the ranch. Yeah, when she left the ranch. The, like the, the the morning conversation with Casey was actually some humor from her when she yeah. was talking about John and Tate. And she's relieved that he wants to spend his retired money on horses rather than younger women with very expensive tastes. Yeah, with condos. Um, <laughs> with condos and, you know, Corvettes. Because there's so much criticism online about her that her character is always so glum, which I feel is unfair an unfair designation for her because she's a serious person and she's dealing with some serious issues. And I just feel that when people characterize her as glum, she's, she's like the moral lightning rod for a lot of this series. Yeah. I don't think she's glum at all. I think she's just serious. I I, I think she sees a lot of who these people are. She a different perspective and it sometimes rubs up against what, the other perspective is the wrong way and she just creates some tension. So I just feel that she gets some unfair criticism. So the fact that she was humorous here, I was hoping, you know, would sort of make some of that criticism go away because she is yeah. she is unfairly slammed on some of these message boards and things like that. But I actually yeah. haven't seen too many of those comments about Monica, but Yeah, whenever I see them I just scroll past them. I'm like, you're just missing the point about her. Yeah, I love her. But you have to remember where she's coming from. She's coming from a reservation where her people once lived and worked this land that is now full of luxury for her. She just feels always so much of a fish out of water. So it's that that's a small microcosm of the larger narrative that she brings to the show. So, yeah. But Jesus, can her luck be any worse? But that wasn't her luck. I feel like that was completely 100% planned. I feel like her intuition was just so off on this one. I mean, she was definitely feelings a certain kind of a way getting into the car with this natural gas guy. I mean, come on, Steph. Like, I'm sure your mama taught you. Yeah. Growing up, never get in the car with a man. Well, yeah. Strange man, right? Maybe a police officer. You've seen the badge. But other than that, no. (laughs) No, of course not. But so, okay, yes, you're right. Up until the point where she gets in the car with the guy, I was like, okay, yeah, that feeling of ominous, like, this is not good. What are you doing? But when there's like a sniper in the field and all these police cars pull up, I felt like her getting in that guy's truck was completely planned, right? Why would Rainwater be there? Why would all those people be there so, ready yeah, to swoop I, in? I had that as a huge question. I'm like, Wait a second. So was the fact that Mo was out there in a sniper position and the reservation police like in the field, like how is that like the most insane coincidence? So you think that they were trailing her? I think that they knew. Because listen, yes. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, my God. I didn't even yes. think of that. <gasps> oh, that's horrible. That's what, <gasps> I know. Oh, my God. That's what that I makes, said. Oh, that's what makes Rainwater what he says. You made a difference today. Yes. <gasps> Oh. Because that's what I like when that happened, when that guy, when he's like shot in the head by a sniper, I was like, what the hell 
is ha- and then all these people descend and so they go we found a body and they blow this whistle and then the guy goes I found another body and they blow a whistle if you listen in the background there's a bunch of whistles there's going like six off there's or seven whistles so what they're doing is they think some guys coming through there killing people or whatever I felt like they knew that whoever was coming through there was picking up people and they're disappearing so that was a setup, her car breaking down. Maybe she didn't know which car to get into. Maybe it was a coincidence that that happened to be the bad guy, quote unquote. But like, I feel like that was a sting operation of like, let's see if we can catch somebody doing something. You have and then- 100% blown my mind. <laughs> well, it blew my mind. I was like, what the hell just happened? Because up until he's on top of her and he gets a bullet through the head i was like what the hell just happened like i was like damn how's that possible has like the best luck ever no that was a setup girl (gasps) i'm 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 sorry i'm i'm scared right now (laughs) i have to like find my words because what rainwater said to her like now that you said it out loud and i'm like oh my god because he said you know you made a difference not many people do he said you took a risk and you made a difference I feel like that was a some sort of planned, let's see if we can find who's doing something, killing people or they're disappearing or whatever. But I don't think they knew exactly who they were going to find or that they were going to find all those bodies. But I think she was the bait. Yikes. Because she said, I'm volunteering yeah. today, which I was like, where? Okay. So Kurt, my husband, Curtis, he said... I wonder where she's volunteering. And I said, well, she mentioned being on that advocacy board with Rainwater. So maybe she's going to his office to like, I don't know. I thought she was going to see Rainwater or something. I thought it was so absolutely I- that, that she was headed there, that they were going to do some committee work, whatever yes. the advocacy that they were working on. And I never, but- <laughs> I, n- I never put two and two together here. But there's not going to be a sniper in the middle of the desert with like 25 police cars. Yeah, without that in. being like. <laughs> so, do that we think that crazy. all of those remains that were found is that all of this guy's handiwork, or is this? You would think because he pulled off on that certain road, he had a certain space place he was going. But yeah. I don't. I mean, yeah, maybe I don't know. But I think too, like her, it just shocked her way more than she thought it would. Like, especially like she's covered in his blood. Yeah, which was really like. like guttural to see you know like it was like very i don't know if that's the right word but it's just like such a reaction of like oh my gosh yeah like like, his brains were on her shirt and then she gives him a hug she's like oh i had no idea and then that's when she starts to like sees herself in the reflection of the car that she's like covered in his blood so when she's processing it later i think she felt guilty but at that moment she was like the bait she was trying to catch whatever they thought was going on that's pretty terrible on rainwater's part that's a yeah. big risk. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm just, I'm, I'm processing this right now. If they had her GPS on her or whatever, and they're trailing behind at a certain distance. So how many minutes away from them? Like, does she have a way to call for help? Does she, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah it's a risk. She could have been killed, I guess. But they seemed pretty close by. It was a, yeah, it was a well-calculated risk, I guess, that they took because they were there within seconds, really. I mean, she she ran, she clobbered him in the head with the rock and then took off again. So it was like less than 30 seconds in terms of what we saw and that then the guy's head exploded. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was, I I was like holding my breath like, oh shit, like she's, how's she going to get out of this? 
and then his head blew off. I was like, what the? Yeah, that was pretty graphic. I do have to say. We get blood and guts from the Duttons, but oh, I don't yeah. know that we always get like between the eyes. You know what I mean? And we don't always see it happening. That's I, mean. I mean, like we don't yeah. always see the melon explode, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This, yeah, so it, that was, I think, I think that was also very intentional to show that this was, you know, yeah. he's being taken out. And I think, too, as we see her processing, and like, that was me, too. I was like, oh, my God. And then really what hit me was when they were blowing all the different whistles. That and was they, very upsetting. They seemed to be at different distances in they the were sound. They were kind of far away, yeah. But, I mean, like, so I was this, like the oh, cavalry shit. Like, came in. There were so many vehicles that, that but, like, arrived That's a there. lot of bodies. That's, like, that's easily, crazy. I would say, six or seven whistles. Oh, yeah. And they were just all over the place. And just the look on Rainwater's face, he was just... This was more than I thought he, he that they were going to find. I think this was more than what yeah. they thought he, they were going to find. But it was very interesting that. So now, all right, now back to the part that I did actually process. But I do, I agree with your theory 100%. I think that she was bait because there's no other way to explain why Mo was in the field in a sniper position. If you could see my hands right now, they're flying around. Like, like Mo, Mo, thumb is up. Mo's over here. Mo's in a sniper position. The the 25 vehicles that arrive in with all of the, the reservation police to do their scouring in the field. Rainwater is there. So you have basically all hands on deck to do this this sting. And I think that the fact that you said it's a sting operation, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. But I'm interested to see what you think about Monica's processing of what happens with her conversation with Rainwater about making a difference, like taking a risk and making a difference, and then seeing the newspaper that he shows her about Casey. Yeah. And he's highlighting the basically the fact that they both keep secrets from each other. But in terms of the juxtaposition of that to what Casey does. Does that help to sway Monica's position on on what Casey does in his role as operations for the ranch and the livestock commission? Sway Monica? Yeah, does it sway Monica's mm-hmm. position because she's always been very hands-off on what he does and doesn't ask too many questions. Like she said they're both trying to protect each other from the risk too. Like if Casey knew that Monica was going to do that, he would definitely not be okay. Like, right. oh, hell no, you're not doing that. Same with, like, if Monica knew what all Casey was putting himself in, she'd be like, hello, we have a kid. Like, what are you thinking? You know? Yeah. So I think they're just trying to, I think she sees that as, like, we're just both trying to protect each other. He's not telling me the risk he's putting himself in. And I didn't tell him either. So I think. And it's ultimately to protect it's the out family. of love it's out of, yeah, right it's like it comes from a good place but she's been she's been a little bit of a hard ass on him about the things that he's mm-hmm. done so i'm thinking that this softens her position a little bit on him that she's a little bit more understanding of what he's got to do and what he's got to do in order to protect them she's seen now raw and bold-faced how bad humanity can be that this man was trying to kill her just hours before yeah and the men that Casey is taking out are these people. Exactly. So I feel that I feel that she had a bit of a revelation here that, you know, Casey's motivations aren't always what she believed them to be. Yeah. And she says that too. Like, you know, she just tries to tell herself, like, the people you're taking out are the bad people. Right. Yeah. Like, every but person. But what do you think about the fact that she, like, took ownership of killing that man? She's like, well, I killed a man today. Like, I kind of didn't yeah. feel like that was. That was the right statement. Accurate. No, I don't think that that was accurate, but I feel that she's feeling complicit in the fact that he's now dead. But I'm interested to know. So based on the 
the shower scene, which I find very interesting because she's trying to get the ick off of her. It's a very powerless kind of a position. Like you're, you're in the shower, you know, so you're, you're basically bearing it all right there. So does Monica and Casey acknowledging their omissions, their, I can't really call what they do lying to each other because, well, Mm -hmm. I guess Casey kind of does because he kind of glosses things over. Does this strengthen them from this point or does it just reopen old wounds? What do you think? I feel like it strengthens them. I feel like this conversation, like you said, being so raw, like she confessed, I killed a man today. And he just like gets in the shower and hugs her. Like he gets what she's feeling. Yeah. And he's there for her. Like I thought it just one more rubber band around their heart. I don't know, like sealing them together even more. I agree. They're a very tight couple, even though they have these secrets and she knows that Casey doesn't tell her everything he's doing. And she just, I think she's just chosen to believe the best about him in the past. Like, I don't know what you're doing. I know it's not good, but like, like she said something about, I just choose to believe that you're taking the bad guys out, you know? Yeah. So I think him, knowing exactly what she's feeling at this moment. And when she says, I killed a man today, he just didn't even flinch. He just like, okay, baby, I'm just hug you. Yeah. I mean, he didn't react. He wasn't like, what the hell are you talking about? So I felt like he just was there for her and just got, when you get in the shower with her and just get into that moment, like yeah. get into the muck of it. So, so I do feel that this is a way that they're going to strengthen their relationship, mm-hmm. their, their trust of each other. Because now she's seeing the other side of what it is that he does. And she's more okay with it after what she saw today. That, yeah, and you know, that he's homic- protecting her from yeah. all of that. And sometimes homicide is justifiable. And I'm, I'm still interested and intrigued why she's taking on the ownership of that man's death. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess if we were in that position too, we would feel tremendous guilt. I mean, just over the loss of a life. However yeah. horrible that life was. And what the person was doing with their life. But at the same time, there could always be that doubt. Is this really him? You know, there, there's there's yeah. lots of unanswered questions when you don't have the opportunity to question somebody. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that she's feeling responsible. But I, I feel that the the 100% ownership of the the death of him, I killed a man today, may not necessarily be all on her. And I think, too, um, Casey confessing to her, like, I don't want to tell you the truth because I don't want you to think I'm a bad person because if you think it, then it's true. Like, her opinion is the only opinion that matters, you know? So that was real, like, raw, honest moment for him. She's being raw. Like, I loved loved that scene and, and just having them together, even though it was, like, a painful scene, you know? Right. And I just think that they move forward with a better understanding of each other from this point on. But I, I did mean, like how the fact that we'll, we'll we'll talk later about the cow horse thing. But when Casey comes to see John at the cow horse thing and they're mouthing behind Tate, like Monica <laughs> doesn't know. And, and then John's like, it's in the newspaper. <laughs> and Casey's like, she doesn't read it. <laughs> I had a hard time figuring out what they were saying. I couldn't read their lips and I like don't have. I put uh, on my headphones and I turned the volume way up. And okay. that's how I figured out what they were saying. I rewound it like three times and I could not figure out what yeah, they Yeah, because I was watching it just on my laptop and then I yeah. was like, what the hell are they saying? And I turned it way up and I put the headphones in. I was like, oh, because I heard John say, oh. it's in the newspaper. And it was like very faint. And then I went back and I watched Casey and he's like, Monica doesn't know. I was like, oh, oh. okay, that's what they're saying. And then, you know, Tate just calls them out on their, on their shit. <laughs> Why are you guys talking yeah, about 
secrets. Okay. I caught like a couple of words in that conversation, mm-hmm. but I was so confused. I was like, I didn't know what they were saying. And I rewound it a few times and was like, I don't know. This so is I when just... like closed captions would be so helpful. I know. I really need those. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. But, so but thanks Monica... we, have other, we have other technology that can help us here. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> I should have texted you like, what did they whisper? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I am that kind of person. Like, I need to know. I know. Well, I did. I tried. I because like the whole conversation with Beth about the stocks, the whole time I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> I did rewind that one a few times too. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, that was like I a completely know. different language to me. I don't speak stock. Yes, which is why I'm probably poor. <laughs> <laughs> right? I really need to learn how to speak stock, but I don't. So anyways, to wrap up Monica, I was just going to say, I am proud of her. It was a big risk. But I liked seeing Monica and Casey sort of come together at the end of this scenario and be a little bit honest with each other. But I hope she doesn't do that again. Yeah, That's that terrible. is not a smart play. Now now that you've like woke me to what was actually <laughs> going on, yeah, she can't be doing that nonsense. She's got a little 10-year-old and I she's know. got responsibilities and Casey will be a lost soul without I her. Know. So like – he was already like a ghost of himself when she left him. Right. If she actually wasn't here, he would just not be able to continue, I think. This is like coming from a place she just wants to do something that matters and make a difference for her people. I thought she meant she was going to be like giving testimony at the Senate hearing That's or something. That's what I thought, that she was going to be doing like flyers and committee action yeah. and, you know, getting signatures. I yeah. didn't think it would be out in the field getting choked and about to be raped and killed. <laughs> yeah, not what I had in mind, Monica. Yeah, exactly. Gosh. Well, exactly, because I was so in denial that, like, you told me this tonight. I'm like, <gasps> my head exploded here. So <laughs> much like yeah. the guy in the field. <laughs> right? Just very graphic. Very graphic. I guess that's why Well, that's what um, Paul said his head's rolled or something. I was like, what is that? Yeah. But, He's not wrong. Not wrong. Not wrong, Paul Daly. You are correct. (laughs) Okay. So now for the other conversation we don't understand, Beth and this whole stock situation. Yeah. So she is dancing a razor fine line here with the buying of the market, market equity stock. I know that much. But if this goes bad, do you think that she could be fired as Willa Hayes has declared her intent to be? I didn't see how she would be fired. In I know, I was trying to Previous episodes up until she pissed off Willa Hayes and she started doing the same thing, shorting and like messing with market equity stocks. That will get her fired. And Bob seems to be pissed because he's like got the secretary on the phone like you will meet him here tomorrow at three o'clock. Yes, you I know. do not like how that meeting was set up because Bob has always dealt with Beth on- directly. Yes. So he's pissed. Yeah. So, yeah, she's just playing with fire, like, really, really close to the fire. Yeah, I just don't fully understand the way that shorting stocks and buying some sort of, I forget what they called it, but, like, sort of trying to cover their bases with the stock. Because she was telling Bob to buy something. I forget the word she used, but she was, like, my husband's basically saying, like, they're trying to protect their stock at a certain value. Right, to protect Um, it from going lower than a certain number. Exactly. 
Right. I feel like I should call him in here and like have him because <laughs> he like could he was like trying to explain. He to me should. And, we should get a guest. I know. Get a guest. He he can come. He can record a like cameo of like a little cameo with the stock. So this this was going the back and forth between Market Equities and Schwartz and Meyer was a big game of chicken. It felt like. Because yes. then, you know, Beth was playing around with the press release that this was a hostile takeover and market equities was like, we'll dump the stock. Yeah. So I, I just feel like this might have backfired on Beth. Kind of yeah. spectacular. I feel like that's what's happening. Because um, even like Willa just say that she said, buy this X, Y, and Z. And then she goes, when it gets to this point, sell it all. Yeah. So she's, she's doing the same thing back to Beth. Like she's screwing with their stock. And like Rourke said, he said, we could buy Schwarzenegger like 15 times over. So what does she think she's going to get away with? Like, right. Although I did think it was impressive that Willa Hayes was that impressed with Beth's performance that she's like, after we get the bitch fired, we need to hire her. Exactly. I liked that too. I was like, I was like that I mean, is she a mark sees, of respect. Yeah. They are smart enough to figure out what each other's doing and see it for what it is. So yeah, she respects her even though she hates her. But Beth, I don't know why she's like what the end game with all that is other than to just tank them to where they can't buy the land or don't want to or just want to. And know. maybe spook their investors. That yes. are with them, they'd be like, "Well, why is your stock so volatile? Maybe we don't go into business with you over there." Exactly. If there's that much volatility out there that we're just like, because eh. all I know about the stock market is they like stability. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like the wrong place to invest, right? If you want stability. Yeah, because it's pretty volatile. Yeah. <laughs> but Beth um, gets Angela involved. Did you catch that? Yes. Like for but the what the point are they going to do? I'm kind of didn't understand so and so basically beth wants angela to start buying into schwartz and meyer stock okay that's what i got from that conversation and angela's like no 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 she goes i don't want common stock i want preferred stock so common stock is is not the kind of stock you want in a volatile situation because common stockholders are so if the company say schwartz and Myers was to go up belly up right so a common stockholder, so if Angela bought 25,000 shares or whatever in common stock, she would be, and, the, and Schwartz and Myers tanked, she would be last in line after creditors, bondholders, other preferred mm-hmm. sh- uh, shareholders got their payouts, whereas preferred shareholders would have priority over a company's income. To get paid out. To get paid out dividends before common shareholders. So before the yeah. creditors, bondholders, and common stockholders Angela would be paid first if she had preferred stock so it's it's almost like you have like a a, you have a bondholder status when you're a preferred shareholder Investopedia told me all this because you don't get voting rights like so like when you own stock in a company you get these quarterly or annual depending on the company shareholder voting cards and you can send them like I look at them and I'm like I'm not doing that (laughs) I have children to take care of and things to do but a preferred shop shareholder would get none of that they they just yeah they get a different class of stock may or may not get paid <laughs> right but the preferred shareholder would definitely get paid ahead of a common stock in a volatile company situation sort of where Schwarzenegger is now cuz they're on the market watch newscast and talking about press releases so there's definitely 
an unstable nature to the business. And, and Angela is joking around that they could be partners by next week, which yeah. Beth does not find funny at all. <laughs> so I feel like I feel like Beth has just like overstepped herself this time. And I think this is a moment where she's going to get a check on her activities and she's not going to be happy. Uh, yeah, I think she's causing a little too much trouble. And then it's going to come on to her from from Bob. Yeah, who doesn't want to talk to her. Yeah, anymore. It's never a good sign. But I'm wondering, like, from, like, what this looks like from Willa Hayes. Like, she's got Beth Dutton over here, like, trying to screw up their stocks and make them look like a bad investment. And then she's got Jamie Dutton calling and saying, giving me a written offer. She looked like she'd had this deal in the bag when oh, yeah. Jamie called. Like, she was just like... It's almost like Jamie calling, like calls Beth's bluff, you know, like, like calls her out for just like a scare tactic, you know. But I also think that Willa Hayes is seeing the dysfunction within the family. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because points it out even more. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, what she's doing is completely negating what he's saying. And what he's saying is like, it's like making everything that she's doing moot. So like, let me just focus my efforts over here on the half a billion dollars, which I still don't understand why market equities would be willing to pay up half a billion dollars for the land when initially they were saying with Jamie that the state was going to buy the land. They don't make a flip like that where the state was like, oh, yeah, we'll pay for it. And now they're poning up the $500 million. So I don't know if that's real or if market equities is just going to be like, well, we can just do that now and recoup the benefits later. I'm not sure. Yeah. But it was just still a question. I was just like, "Hmm, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But. (laughs) Well, I don't run a billion dollar company, so I don't know. Same. (laughs) (laughs) I run the carpool line. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't even do that. (laughs) That is equally important, I will say. Yep. Yes. Also, so as far as Beth, you know, she has a big conversation with John later on. I don't know. this, This surprised me his reaction. I like the way she laid it out to him. I like the way that she said, I've always been on your side. I've always done whatever you want me to do and I'll still do that. But I'm just going to be honest with you. And then she tells him like, if you don't sell for this, you're going to like lose everything. It's going to be like dwindled away until you have nothing left. Like logically, why would John not sell the land? Like just because of a promise he made to his dad who has passed away. Like I get he's an honorable man, like he sees honor and tradition and his word. All that stuff is important, and I'm not saying it isn't, but like... But the flip side is that you opt in uh, for your family for financial ruin. Right. How is that the better choice for your family? And I'm sure that his father never would have envisioned this happening. And I don't think for a second that he would want the Duttons to be in a situation where they have to, you know, parcel off the land... In order to pay for it to operate based on the taxes that they have to pay. I was very surprised that this was his reaction in one aspect because he is a very logical man. But then at the same time, well, this is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to John Dutton. Is that his family and his honor and his word are the things that keep him going. So he's going to figure out a way. And he, and he says it to Beth. He goes, there has to be another way. There always is. Mm-hmm. So you need to go find it. And I mean, yeah. She just looks like. Just setting them up for failure, though. Like, it's just terrible. And the look on her face, she's just like, there is no other way. Like, she's just yeah. laying it out there. And he doesn't want to hear it. I, I was 
upset for Beth in that situation because I feel like this was a perfect opportunity for John to be like, we can just we can just take the money and run. Not that I thought that he was actually going to do that, but... No, I didn't... I didn't think he would just agree, but at the same time, like we said last episode, he's seeing sort of all these things come into place that like Beth can't have any more kids. So this is really all on Tate. And Jamie, like they don't seem to really be all in including Jamie and the family and like he sees all these pieces in line and you know he's saying I'm tired I'm tired of fighting it seemed like he was sort of reaching the point to where if you were shown the offer the offer that you would be like well okay I mean maybe this makes sense since we don't really seem to have a future here anyway and then the way that Beth laid it out too was very unbeth like Mm mm-hmm this is, again, uh, you know, we've had John 2.0 this season. Now we have Beth 2.0 where she's kinder <laughs> and gentler, you know, based on the relationship with Rip. But she's very calm and she's very logical in how she lays it out. And even bringing Jamie into it by saying that he'll be recused and they'll bring an outside counsel. And even I can see the value in him in that office. So I feel that there's an evolution in her as well, yeah. that she's not just looking for an opportunity to slam Jamie. She actually sees the value in having him there and in making sure that he still is available to them without him having to resign. Because the only way he'd be available to them is if he resigns the office. Even with that flip from her, where if she ever had an opportunity to slam Jamie, she would be like, you know, that she would call him some sort of a name and disparage him so that this way the poison is fresh in John's mind. But she doesn't. She has this very adult reaction to to all of this and she Mm -hmm. brings it to him and even saying that she could cover it for a few more years that doesn't even sway him saying that you'll be out of money yeah and you'll have to rely on me to do this i'm not sure how they move forward from this but and she calls him out and she says you know don't make pride part of this decision he's like it's not pride it's it's the fact that i made a promise it's frustrating because this isn't a place of logic and this isn't where John usually resides for us. Right. So it's very frustrating and I'm not sure where Beth goes from here. I feel like this is obviously not the end of the conversation. Well, I mean, what is the show Yellowstone without the ranch? Exactly. Yellowstone? But I mean, again, like why would this logical businessman like ruin his family for over like this? three so. generations, you know, because it's going to be, yeah. there's, there's, they don't all have to start from scratch. Yeah. And you now have also the added pressure of the people that rely on the ranch for their income as well. So you're not just ruining your your own family's lives. You're ruining Teeter and Colby and Jimmy and Ryan and Lloyd and Rip. Rip and, and all these people who rely and Rip, unfortunately, the ranch is his cover. Yeah. Right. He because he doesn't exist outside the world based on his past transgressions. Yeah. You know, so there's there's a lot riding on this. And I just feel that this is a very illogical position for him to say, well, I kept a promise. Keep it a promise. Yeah. Because he's not thinking about all of the consequences. Yeah. And it just there doesn't seem to be another way. So maybe he's right. Maybe there always is another way. So that is really going to have to be like where the story goes. Because we can't just watch it be whittled away piece by piece. Right. And they are filming season four. So there has to be something going on. Yeah. But I was interested to see how the top of the episode started where John is there looking at the cow horses. And when he's talking to Rip later on, he says something and I jotted it down because I was like, and I underlined it in my notes. I'm like, hmm, the world is forgetting that we're here. It's time to remind them. 
I said to me, like, I think that that sounds like fighting words. Yeah. So this is another way for him to bring a revenue stream into the ranch. Whether it's a viable option, I don't know. But I was surprised. I had no idea that cow horse riding was real, (laughs) was legit. And the three riders that they showed are legit world-class cow horse riders. Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah. Yeah, It's Bob Avila, Tracer Gilson, and Corey Cushing. And and they're all world-class riders. I was really surprised. So like there's competition and it consists of three parts where a horse and a rider are judged on their performance in a reining pattern, herd work, and fence work. Horses are judged on accuracy, timing, and responsiveness, as well as how they handle a single cow and their ability to ride a herd of cattle and quietly cut a cow from the herd. I was like, (laughs) this is fascinating. Well, isn't that what the other cowboy was working on when the governor showed up to the ranch? That yeah, that's what that looked yeah. like to me. Yeah, uh, Jake. Yeah, right. Jake. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, but that um, just came to me. That that's not a normal thing. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, he was. That was Jake, and he's no, a legit like Montana cowboy. Like they brought him in as an extra, oh, yeah. and they gave him some parts. So you know, fair play to him. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm just really surprised because when I looked at the credits, I was like, okay, Bob Avila, because that's the one that John has a cute conversation with about yeah uh, wanting to enjoy his life. But yeah, I just I was surprised at how skillfully the horses were and the rider obviously at doing these maneuvers and I was just like oh my god and then when Rip says to Jimmy like this is how you do this this is how you make a lot of money you become an artist like that is true yes an artist truly like when it was I believe it was Tracer Gilson he was spinning the horse yeah like almost like a dancer would spin and the horse stops and just is fine you know, there's no like extra step, which I feel like would be definitely something that there would be points deducted for. And the yeah. horse is just there and, and neither one of them move. I was like, damn. I was like, that is that is impressive work. So, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Fair play to Taylor Sheridan for bringing all that stuff in. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a question for you about John. OK. When Rip goes and talks to him and he's talking to Rip, he's fishing for information about Rip on the proposal. What was he looking for here? <laughs> I think he wanted to see if he could get Rip to say, can I have your daughter's hand in marriage? <laughs> like, I think he wanted to see if he could just like chide him into it, you yeah. know? Yeah. There, there was just such a subtle arch of his just, eyebrow. And, like there was a hint of a smile. Yeah. He was just like messing with him. Like, anything yeah. else you need to tell me? Right. Like, and I just feel that that conversation was one of these that like, we talked about at the beginning of this episode was that this, these are some of these priceless details that we get that go such a long way to showing the depth of these characters where yeah. John is is saying a rip like, well, that's why I said yes, because, you know, he rips that, you know, I love her. I'm going to take care of her. And then John has that great moment where he says that uh, you're marrying Beth. You mustn't be afraid of anything. So I just love the fact that John is supporting Rip, knowing that he would never ask for Beth's hand because he would feel a certain way that he, you know, all the things that were talked about. But I just think that it was really a very heartfelt moment between these two where we don't get a lot of emotion from either one of these two men. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) <laughs> so I just think to to have that moment and that was John's way of saying you have my blessing. Yeah. And that was Rip's way of asking for Beth's hand by saying I love her. And that that's all he could say. I just yeah. I just thought it was just short, under 30 seconds, but it did so much to drive home the point that these two men deeply care about each other. 
Yeah. And it's just and that another episode. John approves. Yeah. And like Or for him to, because, you know, Beth told him, like, well, yeah, he said, or, you know, told my dad or whatever, but for Rip to hear that, too. Yeah, and John. I think that John knew that eventually Rip would need to hear that from him. And I just love the fact that John was saying that if you're going to join this family, that you need to be the one that talks to me. <laughs> I just, like, he, he's just reading the room for what it is because he just knows that he only gets nuggets of information when they feel it's appropriate for him. But Rip also had a very deep insight for John saying that people just don't want to disappoint him. Yeah. I thought that was good that Rip said that. Yeah. Nobody wants to disappoint John. So they're not going to ask him a question or whatever, like that they don't feel confident. Right. right, They don't know the answer to, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I think that's another reason why the show is so good because it's showing how a family operates in this world that's churning all around them, but they still have to have the core and they're taking the steps to try to strengthen those relationships. That's all I I, had on John. The way that we liked seeing John and Rip sort of having that heart to heart moment, I guess you would call it. I really liked Rip and Lloyd doing the same thing. Absolutely. It was so funny. And I was, I was laughing that he's like, uh, we've been in the car for like six hours and you haven't said a word. I'm just trying to choose my words. <laughs> trying to choose my words. It's been six hours. You could have had the whole song written by now. Oh, I, I need like a page a day calendar with Lloydisms. I really do. I know. He is so funny. I love him. So where did you, I didn't know where they were going. So I knew they were selling the horse, right? So they tried to sell the horse. Yeah, couldn't sell it. So, but John told him to find a home for the horse or something. Right. And, he, and John, being the big softy that he is now, didn't want to see the horse slaughtered just because they couldn't get him to be ridden. Yeah. Right. And John's like, I don't like to be ridden either. Yeah. So they yeah. take him to, they t- I'm assuming the, the horse is a boy. They take him to, <laughs> like, it, it was a wild horse preserve, like a range, like a sanctuary. Oh, okay. So I, you know, I froze the frame on that. I'm like reading everything and it, it's a, yeah, it's a wild horse range. Okay. I literally thought they just like let him go in the wild. I was like, oh. Yeah. So it looks like it's like just an area for horses. I guess it's protected and people kind of monitor them. But uh, yeah, so it just looked like the the other way that Rip found to save this horse because he couldn't find someone to buy it. And I just love when Lloyd realizes where they were. He's like, you old softy. Yeah. And that's when I was like, oh, wait, where are they taking him? And then I saw the sign. (laughs) What I like too, like the horse kind of like turns around and like in a way of like saying, okay, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that because, you know, you weren't going to get me the other way. (laughs) Right. But John, uh, so Riff says I'm getting married. I didn't. And and he asked Lloyd to be his best man. Like, oh my gosh. I love that. So sweet. But I didn't see like an actual wedding coming. So that part surprised me too. Like I didn't think there would be an actual ceremony. So the fact that he asked Lloyd to be his best man, I was like, oh, so I guess there's a ceremony. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be as formal an affair as I guess this is now shaping up to be. But I like the fact that they're treating it as real a marriage as it can be. Yeah. And that Lloyd being the best man and... And even Lloyd's like, nah, you, she's got brothers, you know. Well, she got Casey. He acknowledges it's Casey. (laughs) Yeah, he has Casey. (laughs) I, bet, I think everyone knows that Beth is not having Jamie standing yeah, yeah, part of that. Yeah. Poor Jamie. All right. I got to ask you, what were you thinking when you saw Walker performing at that bar? Oh, my. I thought, okay. What was Rip's look on his face? Well, Walker was the one who was helping out with the, the reporter, Sarah, 
when what yeah so when they when jamie called rip to say that he had this horrible accident uh-huh rip brought walker along that's true okay okay yeah i thought you meant he talked to sarah oh, i was like no, 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 no he no, did no, 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 no. no that rip brought walker along to sort of help get, yes. her, get her to the train station and yeah. then they talked about him being sent to the train station but that's when casey said casey. i'll take him and gave yes. him another path like i was kind of excited to see walker for a second i was like oh, it's walker and then i thought oh god like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you back in the city? But no, no, they're six hours away. Right. They're nowhere near. Oh, shoot. So I feel that, like, they let the horse go six hours away and they – Walker know, should have been in another state. I like, would he be, should have been like, in Texas. I would be in Texas. Or I would switch places with Teeter. I'd be in New Mexico. I would be somewhere maybe in Mexico for all I know, you know? That's what I'm thinking. Like, away from these crazy-ass Duttons and their extended family. So, but the look on Rip's face, like, he's kind of, like, Lloyd was like, oh, my God, hey, look, it's, he's not supposed to be here. And then Rip just kind of was, like, staring forward. So, I was like, what is he thinking? Yeah, like, he like thinking, the like, jaw was set. Like, like, is he? He's a loose end. He could come back. Like, was he, he putting together that Casey is, the, like, Casey let him go. Casey, like, so he knows this. So, Rip is, like, seeing, you're, like, seeing the ripple effect in his eyes. I was like, oh, no. That was well done, Steph. Rip seeing the like, ripple effect. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like not noise. Uh, but yeah, I was happy to see Walker for like a split second. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> that, that can't be good. <laughs> Although mm-hmm. I am a little happy because Walker's reappearance is a prediction that I had from my recaps last season on Pop Culture Review. So I'm thrilled that oh. I was so on the ball last summer that I was just like... Nicely yeah, I don't done. think that Walker, because this seems like a really big plot hole that's going to need to be plugged at some point because he knows too much. Oh, and man. now he's just out there. But I like Walker. I, I did too. I mean. I follow him on Instagram and he's really nice. And he's really talented. <laughs> like I love his, his music. Yeah, but, he um, sings on Instagram for he me. He does. <laughs> but, you know, in terms of Walker on the show. I don't know. Rips Aww. Rips remembering all the things that Walker was complaining about. Yep. And threatening and all the things to, he knows. Threatened to expose certain things. So I don't know. There there could be Aww. there could be some Dang it, Walker. Train station activity. Because no one's gone to the train station in quite some time. A very long time. Well Walker was the one who's supposed to go last and look yeah. where that happened. The sentences are softening, I tell you. I know it. I think they should have showed walker and like rip making eye contact and then walker just like oh shit like throwing his guitar like running off the stage like make it like a comedic like oh god yeah but no but no. uh yeah but yeah. so walker is none the wiser and uh yeah and rip is there Oof. doing his best like oh shit <laughs> yep. impersonation there at the bar with his yellow oh jacket gosh. i thought that was cute that's how they ordered the the course the yellow yeah, couple yellow of jacket. Couple of yellow jackets Oh, man. So, so speaking of someone else who's not having a good day. Okay, it's time for our teeter it's talk. It's time for teeter talk. First of all, cannot understand a word she said. Oh, no, this I did not understand a word of it. Something about a lizard. She said, yeah, something about a lizard, something about a snake, yep. something about getting naked. Oh, I, understood the, I understood the part about getting naked just as Colby did. Yeah, that she wanted to go skinny, skinny dipping. dipping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, these two are paired up an awful lot for one half of them trying very hard not to sleep with the other. Yeah. Right. So she's obviously very thirsty for Colby and, but they just <laughs> seem to be paired up all the time. All the time. 
And you know, I was pretty happy about seeing Colby's biceps in last episode. We got to see the whole Whoa. shirt off this yeah, we episode. Got, we got a whole picture here. Yeah. So he, was he going to go for the skinny dip? Uh, yeah. He was going to go for a dip. he was like, well, nobody else is around, I guess. Is he coming around to Teeter's advances? No, I think he was just going to like, I don't know, I guess. Why not? Why not, right? (laughs) Somebody wants to sleep with me. Woohoo! But she would tell the whole world. Like, she would not be quiet about it. Oh, yeah. She'd walk in and, oh, my God, the swagger. (laughs) She would tell the whole bunkhouse. And then they would, like, rag on him Uh, so hard. And and Ryan's prediction would be like, yep, this is 100% happening last week. Yeah. But, but that is not what happened. So Wade and Clint Morrow show up with a message to John. Uh, and I don't feel like that message is getting delivered, do you? That, like, that not river, verbally. <laughs> that river was awfully calm after the two horses of Wade and Clint left. There was no movement. So I feel one of them is not making it out. I feel one of them will survive and one won't. Mm. I just don't know. Which one? I don't think well, that they would kill off both of them. I just don't think so. But I think one is gone. Well, it was bad. Very, very bad. It was really bad. But broken I mean, if you're ribs, trying to deliver internal bleeding, like broken spine, come on. Like there's paralysis and nonsense. I mean, you're being trampled by horses in a river under, then you're underwater and being yeah. trampled. Like I said, that river and not was a like little being too... wa- like trampled, like they ran over you and kept on going, but like repeatedly like stomping like just on you. dancing like, on top of you like you're the bull rider who got trapped under the bull yeah I was that's so not cool man but yeah i definitely feel that one of them does not make it out like that's just my mm-hmm. there was too much damage inflicted for both of yeah. them to survive that was pretty bad it was it was, pretty it was another, like, not quite as bad as the Monica moment with the guy and the bullet in his freaking head. Yeah. But, like, I was sort of right back there that I was like, oh, oh, God. Like, ugh. No. Well, the, mm-hmm. the camera work was very ingenious because it was, the vantage point is from underneath the water looking at the horse, the horse's yeah. hoof coming down on top of uh, Teeter or Colby, whoever. It was, that was frightening. So, yeah, I mean, it was very it was well done, terrifying. but it was, it was terrifying. Yes, I agree. Did not like it. <laughs> yeah, thumbs down. Did not like. Okay, I shut off IMDb because I don't want to know. I decided. Don't read it. Yeah, okay, I don't like, do it. No, I can't. So, like you said before, we watched this episode before it airs so on sunday my husband's like oh my god we have to watch on sunday just so we can see like the preview of next week yeah because we don't see those previews (laughs) yeah i'm like yes definitely we're watching sunday like i am watching this episode again and i'm waiting for the preview to see what happens next yeah so we need and i'm gonna put on closed captioning so i can really understand understand what what everybody's so (laughs) you know so we end up watching these basically the day after you all see last week's episode so we have to keep quiet for like a whole week yep so it's really hard (laughs) do you have people ask you what happened yes like your friends yes yeah people do ask me you know, and I'm like, eh, no, I'm, I, I can't. Mm-mm, and not um, telling you, Mike. It's not worth it for it any kind of sourcing to come back to no. us, because then you know there's other repercussions. But no, I do get exactly, asked, but no, like, no, 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 no. I will not. Uh, I say if you'd like to come on the podcast with us, 
then that's a different <laughs> story. I would be more yeah. than happy to entertain that. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, it's really no. fun. Yeah. But there's only two episodes left. Oh, which okay, is sad so for me because A, that means like the end of the summer is coming. I don't like that. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say I'm really worried for Beth. Like I'm seriously worried because the, all of the things that are going on, like there's a lot of money in play between Schwartz and Meyer, between market equities and all of the churning up that she's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried for her. Like for her job, for her safety, like her. I think for her have safety like- again. Like, I mean, like I know the Bex mm-hmm. did a number on her. I just feel that somebody's going to do something pretty bad to her. Like someone's going to tamper with her car or her brakes or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just got this very ominous sense. I, I, I just think that – I don't think she's going to die. I don't think that. That's, that would be too – you can't have the show without her. But I just got this very ominous sense about her with everything that happened. Although I was happy to see that her assistant made it out alive. <laughs> fired but alive right fired you know fired is better than a bullet in the head i'm just gonna tell you know i kind of like that the assistant had that one like are you serious yeah, yeah. versus like every other assistant who would have like, just like run out tucked and, and run <laughs> she was like for real <laughs> like hey she's and she i just like, like the- that she left the coffee craft just on the floor like well she fired me so we'll leave it yeah. I don't know. I just got this That's very fun. weird sense about Beth. Like, there's just, I, I don't know what it could be, but I, I just feel that there's, she's due for a check. Yeah. You know? I mean, the the meeting with Bob is going to be one thing, like the job. But from who, though? I mean, because Willa and Mark and uh, Market Equities, they see the other side of it that Jamie's calling for an offer. So why do they have to fight Beth? Yeah, for? I'm not sure. I, I It was just like a very, just fleeting worried sense like you know when you like think about somebody you're like hmm, i wonder if they're okay yeah it's kind of that kind of a thing so like um, i should call I should yeah i should call them. or text and see what's up with them you just to see but um, yeah yeah how many times does that happen and when you're like i should call and check on someone and then like the next day they like they text you right yeah that does happen a so lot weird like, it happens to me all the time i'm like and i randomly have dreams about people uh-huh. And like then I'll usually like text and they were just like, Yeah, yeah, I was having a really bad day. I'm like, Oh my god, like Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird. But I don't know. Two more episodes. John's this not giving getting... me some good feelings here. I know. And Walker coming back. I'm just a little I'm a little nervous. Like they're they're <laughs> they're bringing in the anxiety left, right, and center here. <laughs> yeah. I got the fan theory about Rip. I'm like, there's only two episodes. What are they gonna do to him? They can't, they can't. that thing. That's so that would end the show. Half no. their fan base would walk out. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just go. Because they 90% complain. of the women who watch the show would be like, I'm out. Yeah, done. Because they complain if he's not in the episode enough. Like, I think it was two episodes ago, there was like a half a second of Rip. Yeah. And they were all like, well, where was Rip? After they complained about the commercials. <laughs> Which we don't have. Yeah, yes. No, we just watched this continuous. <sighs> I know. Well, this is really good. I'm excited. I'm nervous. Yes. I'm anxious. Well, this is this is the right point for Yellowstone to start blowing things up, literally yep. and figuratively. So, uh, I know. We had like blowing up rivers last time. And like, trailer houses and parks and Beth getting herself thrown. Oh, we didn't see Jimmy. Oh, we did see Jimmy. Yeah, he was we like did. there for like a half. No Mia. There was no. There we was, didn't see Mia. There was no yeah. uh, barrel racer. Joke. 
they heard us like okay we'll give the barrel racers a break yeah so i so i need i need some more barrel racers i need my update on officer steve oh yeah, yeah i got i got questions you know i got He's not my fave. No, he's I'm not. fine if he never come back. Like, whatever. But again, like, you, you want to uh, – this is going to sound really bad. But you want to be there when karma hits, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he has a lot of questions because it's like, yeah, how did he get out of jail? And now it's like, did he survive? Right. Is he going to be, like, causing problem number 752 next week? Because <laughs> he keeps getting his badge back? Like – yeah, Jamie. Isn't there not, not like Jamie. probation for this kind of like the, nonsense there that he's involved in? Casey just needs to be like, you know what? I think we'll just go with Ryan as the other livestock <laughs> agent and, you know, far less trouble, even though he got shot point blank in the chest. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been really fun talking to you. Yes. I'm loving our weekly chats. I do too. And again, you have blown my mind with the Monica thing. I'm, I'm going to have to rewatch on Sunday and be like, yes. And watch it with that in mind. So yeah, I'm I'm like kind of a little happy that like <laughs> I picked up on that. And you're like, wait, what? Wait, I was like I'm... literally like, what are you telling me right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was on the same page as you until the bullet through his head, and mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? Like, what is there? I said a sniper because like, at first I was like in the middle wait, of a field. Was that Mo? That was Mo. That was that was Mo. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So, all right, well, very, very good. You guys are all going to have to come back and join us next week. And we talk about the explosions that are going to happen, I'm sure, in yes. episode nine. We don't even have a title yet for this. So, we'll have to see where this all goes. Well, all right, well, I will talk to you soon. I'm excited. Yes. Well, this is Sheila. This is Steph. And thank you for joining us for the Yellowstone podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.